0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, depth and wide receiver. Why this group is ready to rock and who's the biggest impact receiver not named Mitch Matthews. Chief Safety Daniel Swarrington
1: tells us how to make an NFL roster as an undrafted free agent. And David Nixon's biggest defensive
0: concern going into camp. Plus, BYU Hoops' Hawaiian tourney schedule is out. Which old rival is looming in game two? Let's go! This is BYU
2: Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. Let's get it!
0: BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Thursday, August 6th, Jerem Jordan alongside Brian Logan. What's up, man? I'm chilling like a villain. It's it's, uh, Fall Camp Eve Eve. That's, uh, (laughs) That's what today is to us, Fall Camp Eve Eve. And we remind you, our fall camp preview show is tomorrow, noon Eastern time. We'll, br- we'll break down everything you need to know, position groups, burning questions, going into fall camp. That's tomorrow, noon Eastern. Why do you call it fall camp Eve Eve? Because tomorrow's fall camp Eve. And so oh, because, today's yeah. fall camp Eve they don't, of the Eve. Because the
1: players just report. They don't play or they don't practice they're not going on the field until Saturday. right
0: fall camp technically begins tomorrow but it doesn't really begin till they practice, the practice to yeah. uh to everyone else they right? step on the field yeah so technically yeah. fall camp eve they report tomorrow
1: i remember uh my the, when i got here for fall camp we reported and you know you got butterflies and stuff you get your gear and things like that so great and then the very next day we woke up pretty early we went and we ran the Y, and they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is timed. So, you know, make sure that you show out, you do a good job for your for your position. You know, mm-hmm. all the, the the times are going to be averaged out, so don't, let, don't be that guy, right? So you're just working your butt off, and, and you make the accomplishment. You get to the top, and Bronco gives a nice speech, and, uh, it, you know, you're feeling all good, warm and fuzzy. And then you go down, and you're like, wait a minute. I got practice still? I still got to practice? What is going on? I didn't know how to practice. <laughs> Honestly, Coach, if I knew how to practice, I wouldn't have ran that big mountain in 20 minutes. It would have took me 30.
0: Which is quite the uh, accomplishment, 20 minutes.
1: That's, that's not, For a skill position, DB, like, that's, so, that's where you're supposed to be at.
0: Did you call it DB skill position? Yeah. I think all of them are skill positions. They all the, require some level the of skill, It's the greatest ride.
1: skill position wow. out
0: there. Okay. You heard Especially it Especially the field Side, you heard it. yeah. Field corners where it's at. <laughs> Boundary, whatever, right. man. It's whatever. Right. Hey, four weeks from tonight, college football starts as well. By the way, uh, Michigan at Utah, probably the most notable game uh, on the opening night. But four weeks from tonight, I cannot wait. Brian and I are going to be at Buffalo Wild Wings that night watching the game. That's right. Faux show. Here's today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Diamond Head Classic bracket is out. BYU men's hoops starts with Harvard. On December 22nd at 4.30 Eastern on ESPNU, the next matchup is either New Mexico or Auburn. So BYU could be playing old rival Nuevo Mexico and Snake. They could see Snake in Hawaii. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't overlook Harvard. That oh, what doing? I, oh, I am. You can't look. You can't do that. What
1: hat is Mitt Romney going to wear? One game at a time, Jerem. Ashley Hatch no. is one of 28 players on the Mac Herman Trophy watch list, which is the Women's College Soccer's Heisman Trophy. Uh, she is the sixth Cougar to make that watch list.
0: Yeah, that's big time. 18 goals last year. They expect a lot out of her this year. Their season, by the way, in five days, blue and white game. Mm. Woo, five days away and nine days away from the season opener. Zach Blair tied for 32nd after hitting one over par after five holes at the Barracuda Championship in Reno. Good luck to Zach. Barracuda.
1: Austin Collie, John Beck, and the BC Lions play the CFL team that cut me three times, uh, <laughs> the Edmonton Eskimos, at 10 Eastern on ESPN2. Bitter, Check them out. Bitter much? Oh, pff, dude. Messed up my whole life. Because well, I got, look, because hey, I got, lookie, you know, man. Because I got cut, I was able to come back, get my degree, and start a career at BYU TV.
0: Yes, I am extremely mad. Thank you, Edmonton Eskimos. <laughs> Rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Throw them the dang ball. BYU has a good group of wide receivers coming back. A lot of recognition for Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Bronson Kafusi, and others. This preseason, but this group of receivers to me is one of the focal points of the offense. Now, BYU has a nice group coming back. Let's outline the two deep as we get ready for fall camp. Mitch Matthews, Kurt Henderson, Mitch Jurgens, Taron Houck, Devon Blackman, Trey Dye, Kurt Henderson, Colby Pearson, and Nick Kurtz. Eight in the two deep as published by BYU on media day. This is a nice group coming back for Taysom Hill, Brian. Yeah, it's a, it's a great group. And,
1: I mean, this was the same group minus Jordan Leslie, right, last year when you saw... Keanu Nelson and Ross
0: Alpo, who combined for six catches. Not a ton there. Yeah, I don't really count them.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> pretty much the same group coming back, right? And when you look at uh, how efficient Taysom was, and we talked about this yesterday, on how he was able to spread the ball out, mm-hmm. um, and, and to have these guys coming back with a little bit more experience... This is why we believe that a lot of that pressure will be alleviated from Taysom um, and that his passing efficiency will continue to to rise.
0: Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 78. 78% of BYU's catches and yards from wide receivers returned in 2015. As highlighted by you, 55 catches and a bunch of yards from Jordan Leslie are basically all that's gone. Okay, so four others joined the group. As high school signees or return missionaries, they are Akile Davis, Micah Simon, Talon Shumway, and Josh Weeks. There are other receivers uh, on the roster as well, but those are the four new additions. You throw in Nick Kurtz to that; those are those are five potential impact newcomers. Okay, so let's break this group down, which brings us to our Twitter question: Who will make the biggest impact at receiver besides Mitch Matthews? Okay, I think it's clear, uh, and there's one particular host on this show that thinks Mitch is elite. I think he can become elite, but that's not me or B- Brian. Not I. For I don't, that I don't think, matter. I don't think it's Mike Elisa either. I don't think Just. it's Brian Keele either. Okay, so there's one other guy. Um, okay, so what's your answer to this question? Who will make the biggest impact at wide receiver besides Mitch Matthews this year? Well, to me, I mean, I, I, I'm going to
1: say Nick Kurtz. I, I believe that he is... Um, the next guy, I, I mean, when you look at what he was doing, even though he didn't play a game uh, yet, what he was doing in spring when he came, what he was able to do in fall camp, I mean, he was above and beyond uh, what you expected a newcomer to, to come in and, and perform. Um, even above, I believe, Mitch Matthews at that time. So, you know, I would say I would say Mitch, or I would say uh, Nick Kurtz would definitely do that. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he had better numbers than Mitch Matthews.
0: This season? Yes, this okay. season. Okay, a little yeah. surprising because... Uh, I think Mitch is the clear number one receiver on the team. However, I'm with you. I watched uh, spring ball a year ago. I watched fall camp, uh, I guess a year and a half ago, a yeah. year ago. Nick Kurt stuck out like a sore thumb in fall practice because he was awesome. Not he just wa- because he's like 6'9", either. Yeah, he's 6'6", 205". Of course, everyone remembers Wes Welker and that on Twitter with Nick Kurtz yeah. trying to recruit him to Texas Tech. Nick Kurtz was a big-time pickup for BYU, and he didn't play last year, and that's okay because Tanner Mangum needs somebody to throw to <laughs> next year without Mitch Matthews, okay? So Nick Kurtz, to me, is the clear answer to this. Who will make the biggest impact at receiver besides Mitch Matthews? To me, Nick Kurtz. Okay, so which number two question with this group. Who's the biggest impact newcomer? Now, Nick Kurtz is a newcomer, so I think that it's obvious. Besides yeah. Nick Kurtz. Besides Brian. Nick Kurtz, I like Akili Davis. Um, 6'1", 186
1: pounds, out of uh, DeSoto High School in Texas. Um, his, his career, he had 62 catches, had 10 touchdowns, about 700 uh, receiving yards. He had other offers from, from Maryland, uh, from from North Texas as well. So got some got some good love. But the main reason why I buy into Keeley Davis is because of former uh, BYU right receiver uh, Margin Hooks. And when you look at Margin Hooks and, 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 and what he's done, uh, I think he's 10th all time for receiving yards, had a, a, a pretty solid career in the NFL, and he actually trains Akili Davis right now. Mm. And, and, you know, hearing some some discussions and you look at his Twitter, uh, he, he has some videos posted of Akili Davis working hard. He has a little mask on, tried to be cool. Uh, the little Bane mask, <laughs> and uh, and and when you look at the kid and, and, and his work ethic, uh, I, I just don't know. A lot of kids are getting coached right now out of high school from uh, a a guy that had had that had a significant uh, career in college as well as a decent career in the NFL. And when you when you hear what the coaching staff has to say uh, about Akili Davis, you'll understand why. And this is what Coach Minnow had to say:
0: plays tight end for their team, as well as kind of being flexed out. Then we went and watched him practice, and he was tough and physical and violent on the field, and he's versatile. So we love the big receiver types, and we love the small tight end types that you can flex out. And we especially love them if they aren't afraid to block and run into people, and he's all that. That's Bronco Mendenhall on signing day right here on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, my pick is Talon Shumway. Now he's back from a a two-year LDS mission to – McAllen, Texas, from Lone Peak, locally here in the Valley, played with Eric Mika and Nick Emery and, and TJ Haas on that Lone Peak team that won the national championship. And he was good. He could play basketball at BYU if he really wanted to, in my opinion. Um, he is going to be an impact receiver, in my opinion. Six-foot-three, athletic, leaper, jumper, uh, really, really good. Really good. And I think he's going to come into camp, and I think he's going to turn some heads. And here's what Bronco Mendenhall had to say on signing day about talent. Talent, man, great receiver. Really dynamic. Uh, I remember a highlight film of him in high school doing a flip to get in the end zone. I remember that as well, yeah. And a fantastic basketball player. We can't wait for him to get back. He's going to be really good. So at receiver, you're going to be looking at a lot of height across the board, a lot of range, and a lot of weapons for our quarterbacks to hit. He's legit. He's legit. So BYU brings in talented freshmen or a J.C. transfer in Kurtz. You add to this group that – is senior heavy when you look at it with Matthews and Henderson and Blackman. And then you add in the, the versatility of Juergens, who ended up being a really good player last year. Houck, I think, is a guy that could be somebody. Yeah, he, Pearson ha- 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 was had good a.: good, ha- ha- had a good spring. He, he, he came along. I mean, Devon Blackman. Uh, okay, he, underwhelmed know. last yeah. year. Supposed to be the speedster, the steep threat, right? But against Cal, I was encouraged. Six catches for 61. I thought that was what we were hoping. See, I, th- I, think,
1: I think he is, out of this group, I think he's the sleeper. I think he's the, the, the person that, you know, there's a lot of high hopes coming from Oregon and, you know, J, junior college, a lot of hype. But just really didn't, uh, I think, um, understand the playbook as much, you know, it's it, it time for somebody to learn a new system. I think towards the end of the year, you saw that, right, like you say with Cal. And I, I, I think that that continues to progress throughout camp uh, and throughout the season. So he's my sleeper pick. Devon Blackman, do
0: not let me down. Okay, my my sleeper pick in this group is going to be Mitch Juergens. And I'm not sure he's much of a sleeper anymore. He had notable long touchdown catches against Cal, Virginia, and Memphis. He's great in the scramble drill with Taysom Hill. Granted, two of those were with Christian Stewart. But he ended up making an impact. This is a walk-on from Houston who deserves a scholarship. Maybe he'll get one in the next couple weeks, Brian. Yeah. For sure, next year, you'd think that Mitch Juergens would be on scholarship. But here's, here's a guy who is short, who gets lost in the shuffle somehow. Yeah, short somehow. guys. Yeah, short guys for life. <laughs> 5'10", 28 touchdowns, four TDs in 2014. Colby Pearson, by the way, a guy who kind of broke out a couple of times. Boise State had that 81-yarder. Yeah. The touchdown catch against UCF had a touchdown catch against... Uh, Middle Tennessee. I remember the first touchdown catch for him was like, "Wait, who is that guy?" Coleman Pearson exploded out of nowhere. He was kind of a sleeper from last year. Yeah, we were. We were all like, "Huh? Who? Uh, What? What What number is? Who is that?"
1: Trey Dye, You know, I'm I'm hoping that Trey Dye makes a big leap. I I I think he had some struggles and some issues uh, again with just the playbook. You know, I think it's really hard for newcomers coming into this system. One, when you're in high school. Trying to learn the the speed of the game, you have to get situated with academics. I mean, just a whole new lifestyle with being in college. But plus, you're you're focusing on going hard and going fast. Um, you don't really have too much time to think about. Okay, I'm on the right side or am I on the left side? By that time, the ball is snapped. You know, what especially I mean? in this, <laughs> offense. In this it, it, exactly specifically to this offense. So you add all those things with a go hard, go fast, up tempo uh, offense. And you, you definitely have to
0: be a student of the game on the offensive side. After multiple mentions of the importance of the playbook by you, Brian Logan, I wish we could ask guys in fall camp, how well do you know the playbook? Oh, I don't really know it that well. Okay, you're not going to be an <laughs> impact receiver. Um, how right. about you? You know it? Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that matters more than you think. But today's Twitter question, who will make the biggest impact wide receiver besides Mitch Matthews? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Who will make the biggest impact to wide receiver besides Mitch Matthews? At Johnny Dangerman. May not be all-season elite as a receiver, but I want to see Taysom catch a throwback TD pass on a trick play. Ooh. Remember in the 2013 Fight Hunger Bowl, uh, Cody Hoffman threw a pass to Taysom Hill. Hoffman got decked. Uh, yeah. I think Hill got decked. <laughs> given, the, the, given the importance of one Taysom Hill to BYU, I would, yeah, uh, I would not be in favor of that as do, much as maybe you'd think. Yeah? Not do that, no. At the Josh Landon, although it would be fun. Come on, let's do it. Nick Kurtz, seeing him run at an intramural softball game. He has lightning speed. Should be quick off the snap. Hmm, lightning speed, huh? Wonder if that was a 4-3, four, four, 2 I don't know that intramural softball is really where we're timing these <laughs> things, but that is an interesting comment. We are less than a month away from BYU at Nebraska, believe it. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Thirty days. Woo. Thirty days, man. That was pretty good, man. We're getting better. We're tightening the we screws as we get we closer are. to uh, the season here. Conversation continues on Twitter. Use the hashtag byusn and weigh in at our green huh? I don't care who it is. They will need to step up, or Mitch Matthews will get doubled the whole time. I bet Kurtz.
1: Mm, Kurtz. They're going to be doubling Kurtz, and it's going to free up Mitch Matthews, and then he's going to be elite, and
0: Spencer is going to be happy. <laughs> Coming up, Chief Safety Daniel Sorensen from Kansas City. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Vote on the top plays of Independence
1: right now, right now on BYUtv.org. We have the round of 16 going on. Check it out on BYU TV. If you've
0: missed this, we released the top 16 plays of Independence. You can vote on these. Each week, we're going to move to the next round. So Monday, we'll announce which plays advance to the round of eight. The next week, the round of four. Right. And it looks and the like so
1: far, uh, the leap of faith, Taysom Hill over uh, a the Texas defender, safety, um, is getting a lot of love. And, and Kyle's Ole Miss... Uh, Game when Oh, yeah. What did you call it? Uh, sack, a, six, a sack six? Or would you, would you say someone, strip, yeah, strip, so, <laughs> I of a pick six? I, yeah, I
0: forgot. You know I to, forgot, man. Someone else came over that. Yeah, check it out on BYUtv.org. A Twitter question, who will make the biggest impact at receiver besides Mitch Matthews? Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. We now welcome in Chiefs safety and second year NFL player Daniel Sorensen. Daniel, how's it going, brother?
3: Good. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Thanks for coming back on the show. Uh, what's the difference between this year with you in Chiefs camp versus last year?
3: Oh man, world of difference. It's crazy what one year'll do for you. Rookie year is pretty tough. You don't you don't know anything, um, what to expect. And second year, you've got it all down. So it's so much better the second time around.
0: Are you are you way less nervous? I mean, like, are you confident going out there? You know where you're going and what you're doing.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know where the meeting rooms are, you know what time to be there, you know. You don't, you know, fall asleep without, you know, thinking hoping that you don't, you know, miss a meeting or something, but yeah, it's it's a world a difference and it's so much better.
1: Danny, there there's a lot of your former play your teammates uh trying to make NFL rosters like you did uh this past year. What advice would you give them uh heading into uh their first uh preseason game?
3: Yeah, so um, you got to make yourself valuable in in some way or another. You have to um, show the coaches that uh, you're going to be able to contribute in some way or another. They they don't they don't take a guy on the 53-man roster to just learn or to gain experience or to be a backup. I mean, you if you're on the 53-man roster, you're playing in some role or another, whether that's special teams or you know who knows what. So. You know, make yourself valuable, and then when you get opportunities, you have to show them some sort of potential, something that they can trust or, you know, find confidence in. Oh, hey, man, you know, this guy can, you know, jump or run fast or make this catch or, or you know, he's smart and he knows the playbook, things like that. Things that they can build off of and and hopefully get excited about for the future.
0: Former BYU Cougar and Chief safety Daniel Sorensen is on BYU Sports Nation. Give us an idea, Daniel, of the emotional roller coaster that you went through as an undrafted rookie free agent last year, trying to make the Chiefs.
3: Man, from from draft day to getting picked up by the Chiefs and and coming out here during the off season and stuff, and then training camp was just a whirlwind. And then um, it worked out last year where a couple of safeties had been uh, injured and whatnot, and so I ended up starting. Four of, the, four of the four preseason games last year which was a, a bit of a shock to me and then ended up making the 53-man roster the first week of the season making some um, rookie mistakes some penalties jumping offside, things like that and then they they actually released me after the first game against um, our uh, our loss against the titans um, and now that, that was in and of itself just a roller coaster of getting released, putting on waivers for 24 hours where any team in the NFL, any of the other 31 teams can pick you up and put you on their roster. Um, you know, and then nobody picked me up. I went, I went on the practice squad for six weeks. Um, coaches told me, hey, you need some time to develop. You need some, uh, you know, time to figure things out. And that's what it was for me those six weeks. And then came back and played the rest of the, the ten games on the active roster and I felt like I finished the season out good, but it
1: was, yeah, quite a roller coaster. Daniel, does, does being undrafted still mean something to you? If that means that it's a chip on your shoulder that you want to go and ball out and prove to these, to these coaches and to your teammates that I, I should have been drafted or uh, maybe as far as how the coaching staff sees you and uh, being able to solidify yourself you know, on this team?
3: Yeah, when I when I look back at, at the whole process and going undrafted as a free agent and stuff like that, I, I consider myself blessed um because I I was able to end up in the in the right spot, you know, when 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 you're not drafted, um you you have the choice of where you want to go. Um, you know, uh with the different teams that, that that are uh wanting you and things like that whereas if you're drafted, you're stuck with that team. And it is kind of hurt, uh, hurtful to your pride not to get drafted. You know, that's everyone's hope and dream to get drafted. And um, But uh, as an undrafted player, you do have more of a chip on your shoulder. You have more to prove. Um, whereas, you know, if you're drafted, you feel a little bit more security. As an undrafted free agent, you feel like, you know, you're on that bubble a little bit more. And you really have a lot more to prove to the coaches once you're in camp. But um, I I think it works out better because as an undrafted free agent um one you're a little cheaper, but also you you have the option um of signing a, another contract earlier than a drafted player after three years you can mm. sign a contract instead of after four and so that's that's enough that's another positive of going undrafted
0: former cougar now chief safety Daniel Sorensen on b o a sports nation uh just I think a month or two ago, you had a baby, and now you have fall camp. So what's life like for you right now?
3: Oh, man, missing my little guy. Um, yeah, he's he's two and a half months old, and uh, he's still back in Utah. And so I'm here on my day off in my apartment all by myself, missing the little guy. But it's good to get a FaceTime. I love doing a lot of FaceTiming with, um, with my wife and my little boy. And uh, he's a big motivation, you know. Hopefully, uh, he gets to see his dad play, play in the NFL and and things like that. But um, yeah, it's 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 been it's been tough, you know, being away from him for so long. I feel like he's growing up so much.
0: How many Chiefs onesies does he own?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just one, but um, I'm sure I'm sure he'll uh, have quite the wardrobe by the end of the season.
1: That, that's hard with red and blue, right? Are Are you used to wearing red now?
3: It's a different red. It's a different tone. You know? <laughs>
1: that makes it okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, it makes it all right. Not the same red. That's how I define it. D- but my wardrobe's still dominantly blue. There you, you go.
0: Not a boy. Uh, Daniel Sorensen's on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, the complexity of the BYU defense under Bronco Mendenhall. We, we hear that you know it's it's next level. Uh, can you compare or or maybe describe how that prepared you to play in an NFL defense with the Chiefs?
3: Oh absolutely it's been my foundation for for everything that I've learned in the NFL you know um and I still go back to things that I learned and was taught at BYU um just concepts and 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 different things like that um where I feel like I was you know maybe a step ahead or in in certain areas than um than other guys or you know I just I felt like things came a little easier and there's there's obviously things um that I've learned in the NFL that, that I didn't learn um at BYU and those are those are the things that I'm I'm working on and, and trying to learn and grasp and things like that. But um I definitely got a great foundation um for everything that I've had to learn in in the NFL.
1: Daniel what are some of your goals for uh your your fall camp um and as well as uh where do you see yourself making an impact on this team uh in in two thousand fifteen?
3: So, yeah, um, camp for me has been um, just about I, I want to get all the fundamentals down. Um, you know, all the situations that you can come into uh, playing, you know, on the football field, whether it's uh, blocking, getting off blocks, um, you know, tackling to, you know, coverage and, and you know, your stance and um, all those different things, all those fundamentals. That's that's kind of to you want to start mastering because that's when you start seeing the difference of, the veterans versus the young guys and the rookies, you know, the talent is there, the skill is there, um, but these veterans have honed in and mastered their craft and, you know, mastered um, all those different scenarios. Um, So that's kind of what I'm on that, you know, track to, you know, to getting those things down and and hopefully become, you know, an experienced veteran. But um, this season, you know, hopefully I can just build on what I was able to do on special teams last year and um, make more of a role for myself as a safety also. Uh, Show the coaches, you know, I'm there. Um, You know, someone you can count on that can come in and and make plays and and you can trust.
0: Your first preseason game is against the Cardinals. Solani Fua and Paula Sique are battling to make that roster. Do you anticipate trying to uh, shed a Paula Sique block in that game?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about that, but, uh, yeah, I guess – we probably have a good chance of running into each other. Um, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I look forward to seeing those guys. I've I've uh, read a lot of good things about Paul and Alani, and sounds like they're doing doing well. And so uh, it'll be a fun little reunion. And yeah, hopefully, uh, me and Paul get to meet on the football field.
1: Daniel, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Uh, I, am, I am not ashamed to say this. If I was in your shoes and I was running down uh, the field and I saw Paul with CK and we were one-on-one, I would avoid him by all means. What <laughs> I, know, I know you are much different. You, see, I play corner, you know, more, more finesse. Uh, you are a safety, uh, you know, you are uh, okay with being physical. Tell me what that impact would be like if you met Paul CK one-on-one.
3: Oh man, that takes me back to when Paul was the um, the scout team running back. Um, uh, you know, several years back, where uh, he would just pound on our defense. I, I remember him, you know, making a lot of guys look pretty dumb but just you know running them over or knocking them out. <laughs> or, and he he, there was no slowing down. You know, I mean, and so uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's really physical. And I've I've watched a couple clips um, of him just taking on linebackers and just – and, uh, yeah, he's, he's been holding his own. But, um, yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, a second thought when you're, when you're running down and you see Paul C.K. come around the corner. It's like, okay, you know, do I really want to? You know, maybe I'll <laughs> sidestep him or, you know, give him a little move. But, no, yeah, he's a he's, um, big physical and he loves the contact.
1: Danny, just tell your coach uh, when you guys watch film – uh on on monday that it was a business decision and
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> well daniel uh, best of luck we look forward to seeing you uh play with the chiefs this preseason and during the season and uh best of luck with the uh, newborn as well
3: thanks guys appreciate you
0: daniel sorensen chiefs safety uh ran out of time didn't get a chance to ask him about eric berry uh oh, yeah. turning on right. his team but very very cool that daniel sorensen can do something that hopefully other BYU Cougars can do, which is yes, BYU's not getting guys drafted, but hopefully they can get, have guys like Daniel, who yeah. is uh, a safety in the league. He and Eric Weddle form this y- kind of unique group, right? I, I mentioned there's a couple others. I'll but say this: he's is, in the league as an uh, uh, as an undrafted player. I, I You know, a lot of people say that you
1: know the the guys going to the NFL has actually gone down, and and I think it's actually gone up as far as the coach know, over the overall, which is not. How they're getting in, but guys are getting opportunities, right? To me, as a fan and as an analyst and a former player, I, no lie when I say this, I would m- much rather have six guys sign a free agent deal than one guy get drafted. If they're on the fifty-three, if the, yeah, right. Yeah, of course, there's of course. a difference.
0: There is a difference. Yeah. So I, I think to some of the fans, you think, oh, you just hear like Juan Yung is with the Giants. Well, he's still got to make the roster, right? Exactly. You know? Like Daniel Sorensen. He's probably going to be on the 53-man roster, yeah, right? right? But they they bounced him off it. He kept fighting. He was on it. So there's still some work to be done um, right. for Paul Ecike, Lonnie Fua, Robertson, Daniel, all these guys, right? But best of luck to him. Keep the tweets coming. Who will make the biggest impact at wide receiver besides Mitch Matthews? Coming up, another undrafted free agent. Four years in the league, David Nixon weighs in on his greatest concern going into fall camp. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by the Cougar Club. Supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes, welcome to the club. Tomorrow's show is our fall camp preview
1: that I would not be on. I would not be on that show. Uh, We'll get you ready for Saturday's start to BYU football camp. Watch and listen tomorrow at noon Eastern. My brethren, Jerem, Jordan, and Spencer Linton.
0: Yeah, check it out tomorrow. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Diamond Head Classic bracket is out. BYU men's hoop starts with Harvard. Havard on December 22nd, 4.30 Eastern on ESPNU. The next matchup is New Mexico or War Eagle. Auburn. Got to win the first, uh, you know, game first to advance. Easy, so, man. Yeah. Come on. Ashley Hatch it's is one academics.
1: of t- <laughs> One of 28 players on the Mag Herman Trophy watch list, uh, which is the Women's College Soccer's uh, Heisman Trophy. Uh, she is the sixth cooler to make that list. Uh, so
0: good luck to Ashley to
1: take and bring that home.
0: Very nice. Zach Blair is one <laughs> over after seven, which is good for 41st at the Barracuda Championship in Reno. When it, you say Barracuda, I just think of the song. Every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think Barracuda. So. Too.
1: Austin Collie, John Beck, and the BC Lions played the Edmonton Eskimos team that cut me ten times uh, at 10 he Eastern. I E S P N. Too. Okay. It was like five.
0: The guy that got cut but still made it in the league. David Nixon now joins us. Four-year NFL veteran. David, how's it going, brother?
2: Hey, doing well. It's good to join you guys again.
0: Dude, College Station is a cool place. I went there last I week. You, I enjoyed I, it.
2: It, it. It's a hidden gym. It's a great little spot. Small city, but it's got, uh, it's got everything you need. Um, but, uh, yeah, I grew up there my whole life, so it's a good spot. It's
0: not no. better than Provo. Provo. Provo's where it's at. Different.
2: Us. Different than Provo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Different. Well-placed <laughs> well words. Um, why didn't you go to Texas A&M? Why'd you come to BYU? I was thinking that while I was there.
2: Man, you know what? It's it's a crazy story. Um I Texas m was actually the first school to offer me. BYU was the very last school to offer me. Um and the night before I committed to BYU. So I came to BYU on a on a um during a camp, a summer camp. This is between my junior and senior year. And um the the night before I got offered a scholarship, so I was I, I came to camp Monday, Tuesday, the coaches weren't paying a lot of attention to me and, and in the meantime A ms called me every week and uh and so I remember calling my parents, you know, after I think Tuesday night, I told them I'm going to A&M, um, the done deal, and because BYU still hadn't offered me at this point. And uh, the very next morning, Gary Crow, while we're stretching, walked up to me and said, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship. And I just kind of shook my head out. him, like, man, if you only knew how close I was to going to A&M. So I uh, obviously rethought things and uh, committed to BYU, I think, a couple weeks later and, and the rest is history. But, I was close. I was, I was close, and most people know, but, uh, that I was, was going to be going down there beating an Aggie. But I'm obviously glad I went to BYU because uh, during my years, BYU was much better than A&M, but they've since kind of turned it around. So, but yeah, that's a sh- short story of uh, the, the history of my BYU-A&M uh, saga.
0: Sometimes you need to just sit there and stretch and be offered a scholarship. That's what I learned from that. David Nixon's on BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question today is this. We're talking about the receivers. Who will make the biggest impact at wide receiver besides Mitch Matthews, David?
2: Uh, I'm sticking with the Mitches. I'm going with Mitch Juergens. No no question. And and here's my bold prediction two days before fall camp opens. He will be the second-leading receiver uh, in yardage-wise for the offense uh, at the end of the season, Mitch wow. Matthews number one, Mitch Jurgens number two. Okay, so why, mark that wh- down. Why mark more than down. Nick Kurtz? I tell you what, Mitch—he plays that slot position, and that slot position is always your checkdown receiver, right? Usually, you're running a shallow dig across the middle, or you're just, you know, hooking up at five, seven yards, and so you're a nice outlet for for And That when things break down, if the offensive line breaks down, or or maybe the receivers are covered, double covered on the outside, you're always looking for that slot receiver for the check down and uh, talking to Taysom, he has a good chemistry with, with Mitch. And I think, uh, you know, I think that alone uh, Taysom's comfortable with Mitch, knowing that he's going to be in the position he needs to be in. And, and that's, that's what's great about Juergens is he runs precise routes and he's in the areas that he needs to be in. Um, and when the quarterback can trust you, uh, then he, he's looking for you. Right. And so um I I think uh I think Mitch is gonna be that guy. I mean Mitch Matthews obviously to be do what he does best and that's get out in the open and, and jump over guys and be a freak athlete and, and uh and you know have a big yardage. But I think Mitch Jurgis will be that second receiver that Taysom will be looking for, um, coming across the middle and, and helping open things up.
1: That is a, a great point there. You you mentioned that Taysom has a great relationship with him and, and you talked to, to Taysom uh a little bit this off season. Uh, how has he prepared differently, uh, coming off of that that injury uh, for this off season?
2: You know, it's funny because I'm, I'm with Taysom quite a bit. and People say, "Hey, how's your how's your ankle feeling?" And man, what are you gonna do different this year not get injured? And, and it's the same answer <laughs> 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 every day, man. <laughs> it, it, it's it's literally I think he probably gets the question 10, 15 times a day. But um, it's it's what he says. He says, "I don't plan on running near as much this year. I plan on throwing the ball and, and protecting myself." Um, but I, Taysom has the understanding that look, I, I've got the ability to run, so if, if there is an opportunity, I will take it. But I think it will just be smarter in when he takes it. Um, I think he'll be smarter in sliding. I mean, I, he understands uh, how valuable he is to this team, and I think he realizes that this being a senior year, this is kind of his last hurrah. Um, so he, he's got to take care of himself and, and take care of the team. And if he does, I think he'll be successful. And um, so I think that's his mentality. But. Uh, going into it, you know, I, I think he's he's ready to go. I mean, it's it's crazy that they report tomorrow, and then they officially start Saturday. I, I, I've talked to him; he's taken off a few days, and he's excited. So uh, he'll be he'll be ready to go come this Saturday for the first practice.
0: Great insight uh, from the USA Today into kind of what else he's doing. Um, you know, with. Uh... Uh, off the field and how smart he is and, and all that. So this made us wonder, as his brother-in-law, are you entitled to a one-time free financial consultation?
2: <laughs> hopefully. Well, I, I also major in finance at BYU, so hopefully I don't need a consultation. <laughs> per se, but, uh, it, you know what? It is fun. Taysom and I golf quite a bit together. It is fun talking finances and talking, uh, you know, the he's been working with on the group that he did his internship with, um, and, and kind of the stuff that he's been doing, evaluating companies, um, and, and kind of running these analysis and things like that, and um, it's fun. I think he, he finds a lot of excitement in it. But obviously, you can tell when you talk about football, that's his true passion, and um, he'll he'll be frank about that as well. When people ask, you know, well, what are your plans after you know BYU? And he says, well, I definitely want to try the NFL, and then from there, you know, I hope to have a good backup plan with with his financial stuff. So um, he's a well grounded kid, got a good head on his shoulders, and he'll he'll be great at whatever he does. But. Um, I think Cougar fans, including myself, uh, hope he has a great season, and that kind of propels him into a a good NFL career.
0: Now, the legend is that if you're a quarterback, you naturally have some golf skill compared to other positions. Okay, (laughs) So who's got better golf game, you or Taysom Hill?
2: Uh, He's much better. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) The hesitation. Uh, I've got got the linebacker skills. Uh, No, you know what? It is true. Quarterbacks and Taysom with like quarterbacks, the the throwing motion you do with your hips and your in your arm is, is the exact same motion you do with the golf club, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why I've golfed with Robbie Bosco, who's also a phenomenal golfer. I hear Steve Young's good. Never played with him, but Max Hall was was a phenomenal golfer as well. John Beck's good, so it is, it is interesting. Uh, quarterbacks usually have a pretty good, nice little transition to their golf game as well. And in Taysom's case in point, I think he shot like seventy four just last week, so. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's a good player. That's
1: for sure. So that's the that's the secret. I'm gonna start working on my quarterback skills uh, before I hit the hit the golf. With first. our intramural what, what team, you guys, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That'll work out, uh, David. Uh, with with a couple of days away from fall camp, what are some of the biggest questions that you want to get answered before Nebraska?
2: Well, you know, there's, there's a few things. I, I think right now you're hearing a lot about the BYU secondary, right? I think everyone's talking about that. Can BYU improve their secondary and who's going to step up? I mean, you look at them, they're 113th in pass defense last year. So they've obviously got to improve there. Um, and, and which guys are going to step up? Is it Hanneman? You know, Kai Niku obviously had some good experience. Is uh, it Takanaka? you know, Prater, Davis? So there, there's a lot of guys uh, that can step up, and the question is can they – Fill in and, and be a productive secondary because obviously 113 doesn't get the job done. Um, I'd say, second, and it kind of morphs into that same, the first one, you know, Coach Menhall, with him taking the reins, will we see a difference? I, my, my answer is I think yes, uh, obviously. Uh, but will that discipline be, you know, instilled back in that defense? Um, I hope so. And then the, the last one, which I've been thinking a lot about, BYU is known for when it comes third and short, you've got a bruiser running back. I remember Manase Fui. And now, you know, last year we had Paul LeCicke. Yep. So is, is Algie Brown going to be that guy, To Ho Ching? I mean, who's going to be that guy when it's third and one, third and two? You can just hand the ball off and, and be guaranteed a first down. Um, so I'm kind of looking at that fullback position this year and, and seeing who emerges there and who can be the dependable guy that, that as, a, as a defense, when you're sitting on the sideline, Brian, you remember, when you're sitting on the sideline, it's third and one, you're like, hey, we're good. Sit back down, get some more Gatorade, because we know they're going to get a first down and they're oh, going to yeah. hand it off to whoever it is, right? Um, and so, who, who will be that guy? So, those are kind of the three questions I have going into Kent. Um, you know, with, with once again Coach Minhall taking over defense and the secondary being really the main one because if that secondary can't gel together, it's going to be a long season again.
0: David Nixon is on BYU Sports Nation, BYU TV analyst, as well as a four-year four four NFL veteran. When you look at all the position groups for BYU, which one gives you the, the least amount of stress?
2: I, I would say it would be the wide receiver position. I, I think it's because there is so much. Uh, depth there um, and uh, I, I think you've got uh, you know you've got when we are talking about Mitch Matzies, Mitch Jurgens, you've got Devon Blackman, uh, you've got Colby Pearson who had a great season until he got injured last year Nick Kurtz, I mean you've, you've got a lot of depth there uh, where you're going to have the guys be able to step in um, and, and just rotate those guys through as you know receivers when they're running those deep routes they get exhausted so you get somebody in there to fill in uh, and, and give those guys breathers and especially to go fast go hard um, you know, it, it's a huge plus to have guys you can rotate through. So that gives me the least amount of stress. Um, and then, of course, you know, the running back position, having Jamal back, and then what we just talked about, the fullbacks, uh, you know, that, that too. Um, but uh, offensively, I think we should be good. Defensively, we just got to make sure, um, you know, everyone's in their proper positions. And when I say that, you, we we've had a lot of guys, linebackers especially, rotating around, Bronson's rotating around. So, so can everyone kind of fit in where they're supposed to be and then from there on, can they gel together and be one solid unit?
1: David, we, we had uh, Danny Swanson on uh, earlier, talked about his uh, transition from BYU to the NFL as an undrafted free agent. Uh, a lot of guys right now trying to make teams, uh, Paul Asike, Alani Fua with the, with the Cardinals. Uh, what's that like for those guys right now? You had a, an opportunity uh, to experience what, what those guys are going through.
2: Now, I'll tell you what, that rookie year, your head is just spinning because you, you, you come into camp and, and, and it's, you know, you go through OTAs and that's just helmets, no pads, but you go into fall camp and now you're full pads and now you're, you're going at it. Um, and, and next thing you know, in, in OTAs, you're kind of installing the defense a little, little bits and pieces here, here and there. Once you go into fall camp, it is full blow every day. You're installing a different defense. And so if you, can, if you don't pick up a certain scheme, you know, on a Tuesday, that Wednesday, when you're installing a new defense, you got to go back and revisit what you installed on Tuesday. And it's just, man, it's fast-paced and it's quick going because, look, season's just a month away. So, um, you know, you add that mental part in. Then there's the emotional part because when you're a rookie, you, you, you don't really know what to expect. And throughout fall camp, teams are cutting guys. They're picking up guys. They're bringing guys into workout. Uh, as you're walking to the, to the gym or, or to the field house, you, you see a couple other linebackers being worked out. And you're like, man, are they are they looking to cut me? And then sure enough, you wake up the next you, you wake up the next morning. You go to your meeting, and your buddy linebacker that was a rookie with you is gone. They cut him, and they, you, you don't, nobody comes and tells you. It's like they make an announcement over a loudspeaker saying, "Hey, so and so is cut today." You literally will show up, you'll, you'll, you'll just show up to a meeting. You'll show up to lunch. You're like, "Hey, where's so and so?" They're like, "Oh man, the Grim Reaper. They call him the Grim Reaper. Got him." And. Uh, and and you're, just, I mean, literally, it's an emotional roller coaster because there's some of your buddies you've been hanging out with rookies there forever, and that's why the rookie group is such a special group. I mean, I'm still connecting with guys that were my rookie group, the Raiders, years after we've been done, and it's fun. But uh, you know, there, there's just a lot. I mean, physical—you're playing against the best guys uh, in, in the world uh, in football, and you're, you're banging heads every day. So it, there's there's just a lot of pulls on the physical side, with the emotional, um, and then obviously the mental with learning the playbook. So it's a crazy year, but once you get that first one in your belt. Man, it is so much nicer second, third, fourth year because you know what to expect. You kind of can see the right on the wall. You, you can kind of see that, hey, this guy's probably getting cut. He uh, messed up here <laughs> and there. And he, that, that he, he's, a he's a goner. He, he's a goner. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a fun time. And, obviously, hoping all those guys can make it. But there's a lot of work ahead of them as far as uh, preseason games. you got to go out there and you got to make a contribution. you gotta, you got to stand out on film because if it's not for your current team, then you got to hope that some other teams watching the film and pick, you know, notices you on film will pick you up if you get cut. So right. there's a lot that goes into it. Always
0: watching. David Nixon, <laughs> we appreciate the time. Good stuff, brother.
2: Yeah, guys, take care.
0: David's headed out to the golf course probably to uh, try and attack Taysom's game right, right. now. Appreciate mm-hmm. David Nixon's time. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, you are your 623 student-athletes, our role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome... To the club. One true champion. That's the hope, right, Big 12? Yep. Hey, coming up, we play What's the Chance? It includes Nick Kurtz, Ashley Hatch, and Meek Mill. Who? That's coming up. Drizzy! <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Jerome and b in the house. Oh. oh, sorry. I was getting sorry, excited. Sorry, my bad. False start. False start. Yeah, if I, on yeah. On me. No, that's,
1: on me. I would say that's me. You delay. Team. You delay. Okay. Team gotcha. ball.
0: Just listen to the cadence, okay?
1: Vote <laughs> on the top plays of Independence right now on BYUtv.org. Do it. 16 phenomenal plays from Independence. Go check it out.
0: If you think we missed a play, let us know. It's not perfect, and it's opinionated, FYI. Who will make the biggest impact of wide receiver besides Mitch Matthews? Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag... B-Y-U-S-N. Let's play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? 100% a phrase is stated, a percent is given, a game is played. Number one. What's the chance Nick Kurtz leads the team in receptions? Ooh, okay. So Mitch Matthews, I think, is the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. Preseason for that. That's what he's expected. Uh, I'm going to say
1: 100%. That Nick Kurtz leads, leads the, the team, team in receptions and wow. yards and touchdowns. Wow. David Nixon, you want to come up with a bold prediction?
0: That's my bold prediction right now. I'll go, I'll go 48% Okay, Beca- against the field, right? So it's pretty good odds. Because if Mitch has the other 52, I think it's between those two. Right? Yep. I, th- I think Mitch by hair. But I think you have a situation where you have two good receivers, two yep. really good receivers. Jurgens is not a number one or number two kind of guy. He's a number three kind of guy. Three-ish, four-ish. He's, he's a walk-on who's really good. Yeah. Okay? He's going to get a scully. Number two. What's the chance Ashley Hatch wins the Mac Herman Trophy? Okay, the Mack Herman Trophy is like the Heisman Trophy in women's college soccer. Okay, last year, Morgan Bryant won it. She played with Team USA uh, in the World Cup. She was a starter, I believe, for several games. She had 10 goals and 18 assists, and Virginia was the runner-up. So for Ashley Hatch to actually... Win the Mac Herman Trophy, I think BYU would have to be in the Final Four, and Ashley would have to put up because it's a non-P5 school. One of five players on that twenty-eight person list from yep. non-P5, you'd have to put up crazy numbers. So yeah. I to, if she scores twenty-five goals and BYU's in the Final Four, I'd give her a shot. But for that to happen, would be quite the performance. So I'll go thirteen percent. She wins it.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go five percent. Wow, that okay. she's gonna win it. That she would win it. That'd sen- be quite the accomplishment. Sen- yeah, it, it would be, and. I mean, s- simply, if, if they judge like football, it's the best player on the best team, right? And it's not really the overall stats and overall performance. Right, because
0: 10 goals and 18 assists for the winner last year, that's not a ton. No. Right? Actually, Hatch had more goals than the no, the Mac Herman Trophy winner.
1: So, so that's what I mean. You have to, you, you have to almost be, go further in the tournament to win a championship, like you said, Final Four, yeah. more than anything.
0: Okay, so, that matters a lot. Number three. What's the chance Meek Mill comes back in the feud with Brian Logan's boy Drake? Okay, two rappers going at it. If you've missed missed it, that's the explanation. What do you think? Uh, Ray?
1: Negative Negative <laughs> two hundred <laughs> percent. Meek Mill is
0: down seventy three to four right now. Uh, R I P to Meek Mill's
1: uh, rapping career.
0: Yeah, I'll go. I'll go zero percent as well. There's rarely is. Do you have no shot? But in this, there's Meek, when, Meek Mill has no w- shot. When you haven't, most of our audience like. Sorry, what is a what is a Meek Mill? It's <laughs> the name of a rapper. Uh, when you
1: haven't tweeted in six days uh, from a feud, a rap feud, uh, yeah,
0: you've lost. Yeah, you've lost. You know, who hasn't lost us because the Cougar whip around's coming around. That was a poor transition. Ashley Hatch is up for college soccer's top award. Zach Blair's on the course. We'll update you on him. And Cougars in the pros tonight. I think it's good. We're undefeated. Mm. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Some news regarding Jamal Williams. This just out from BYU football. BYU running back Jamal Williams to miss the 2015 season. I'll read directly from this. Uh, Jamal has withdrawn from school for personal reasons and will redshirt the 2015 season, Mendenhall said. We plan on Jamal returning. For the 2016 season. Your reaction, Brian Logan. Wow. This from uh, Brett Pine, the football uh, sports information director uh, over football. So, Jamal will not play the 2015 season. is out uh, for personal reasons. He's uh, withdrawn from school, but is expected to return for 2016.
1: Whew, man, you hit this. Man, I feel like you punched me in the gut.
3: That Gerald. happened.
0: That This literally happened one minute ago. Man, that, that changes a lot.
1: It changes as far as the running game goes. Um, you look at guys like Algie Brown that's going to have to step up. And I mean, we talked about the receivers today. And what's really going to make the receivers have their opportunity is if the, the running game can take off. Because uh, if, if you are, if, if the BYU offense is put in situations where it's third and long because they can't run the ball. Well, now the defense can pin back their ears and yeah. blitz, and and you know you don't want to put Taysom or any quarterback in that situation. So, ah, man,
0: a full breakdown tomorrow on our fall camp preview show, which unfortunately just got a lot juicier. Check it out tomorrow. Uh, thanks to Daniel Sorensen, David Nixon, and everyone on our crew for Brian. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Andrew Mickelson. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. And if you missed it, Jamal Williams withdraws from school. Will redshirt this season is expected to be back in 2016. We'll see. You-